0: On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now, here's our host, Joyce Buford.
1: Good morning, and I welcome you on this exciting new 2015. I am so optimistic about this year. I don't know why. What makes this different? I don't know. But I'm really excited about what's going to happen in 2015 for me and for you. So, as we go into our study today and our guests listening to our guests. You know, I always like to tell you about why Second Wind was created. But I'm going to share with you the forward out of my guest's book because it pretty well sums up why discover why Second Wind was created. Do you have a dream that you imagine yourself achieving? A dream is a goal that is created within the heart. A dream is something you love and you imagine yourself accomplishing despite all the odds and impossibilities, whether real or imagined. Sometimes our largest dreams can get away from us and months or even years slip by and and we wonder if that dream will ever materialize. Unexpected setbacks can tempt us to lay down our dream for an entirely different lifestyle, one that makes us feel unfulfilled or even invisible to the people around us. Invisible to the people around us. Internally, we can convince ourselves that we are too young, too old, too unattractive, uneducated, inexperienced, or dozens of other things to dare to dream. If you can identify with any of these struggles, then you've picked up the right book. I love the way Sue McRae opened her book, Becoming Visible. And that is really the reason that the second wind was created, because of the invisible times that we as women share in our lives, they may may just be short passages or they may be passages that last for years. And when we're in those passages, this is when we need to reach out for help. And Second Wind is one of those supports, one of those systems that you can go to. So I I wanted to share that because I I really thought Sue did a powerful job writing that forward. (laughs) So our guest is Sue McCray, and she uh, reached the level of national sales director for a prominent international cosmetic company which was a major feat. Pretty impressive, Sue. (laughs) Pretty impressive. Thank you, Joyce. (laughs) And she also talks about how she started her life as a very shy young woman who worked as a checkout clerk in a local grocery store in a small town. Now, with those feelings that she was shy and the feelings of insecurity, she went through some of those passages that we'll be talking about today and that she shares in her awesome book. And she helps share this message of her growth and development through speaking and through training and, of course, through the authoring of this book. So, Sue McRae, thank you very much for being with us today. You have a great
2: message. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Yes, we can, we're ready to hear all about this news that you've had. But first off, how was your, your holiday?
3: Well, you know, I like routine. so Uh-oh. I do much better when I have a routine and I know what I'm <laughs> going to be doing today and tomorrow.
1: Oh, so, I agree.
3: <laughs> but my family time was wonderful. And, and as always, I think it's just a wonderful time to stop and reflect and, and to appreciate um, right. our family and our faith and, and and those things around us. I think sometimes if we didn't stop at Christmas time, when would we ever stop? So we I kind of are forced to stop within a few days there when nothing is going on. So mm-hmm. it's easier to stop if, if the world has kind of slowed down a bit. So it's right. wonderful. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's always good to see those uh, hang out a few days with some of those family members you don't get to see all the time. It is. It and is. to exchange some of those stories about this this situation or that situation or do you remember when those kinds of <laughs> things
3: so those did are you always really my... survived that yes. you really
1: got through that you know it's a lot funnier when you look back it <laughs> <It's> is <a laughs> lot when you're actually yes. going through it well tell me about how you uh you said you always considered yourself to be a very shy little girl. And uh, how does it, how did you grow into becoming a very visible national sales director? That's pretty awesome. Um, Your story is very interesting because of what that shyness created in your life. And so, um, Tell us about what your early childhood was like and how you became invisible, as you call yourself.
3: (laughs) Yes, I will, Joyce. Uh, You know, we all have a past and we all have a story to tell. Uh Uh, But I did have very low self-esteem, and I think probably we are set up for whatever we are set up for, and we have to make a decision to change that if we need to change it. Um, I think we've gotten so used to the word dysfunctional, families and
1: dysfunctional, oh, yeah.
3: everything. And and so, you know, growing up, I had no idea that it was dysfunctional. But a couple <laughs> things happened in my early years that set me, set my stage i think mm-hmm. uh, one thing happened when i was a uh, uh, very young i was the oldest daughter and with two older brothers and i lived on a farm and my parents knew what to do with the boys they just got a peach tree limb and spanked their bottoms and, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. back when it was okay to do that <laughs> well they didn't quite know what to do with me and so they didn't want to spank me and so they um had a smokehouse around back, and they locked me in the smokehouse. Now it sounds really horrible today. I yeah. know with all of my, I know my heart tells me, and I know for a fact that they didn't mean mean to be mean or or ill spirited. They just yeah. didn't know what to do when I threw a fit in the afternoons. Right. Um, but that taught me early on to close down my feelings. That mm. that my thoughts didn't count. Who I was didn't even count because you're going to be punished for for feeling. Right. And you know, feelings are feelings, whether they're mm. they're our feelings. But right. I learned how to close that down, and so that's my smokehouse story. And I do share that in the book because that's a lot of what shaped me. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I know, then as but- now describe a
3: smokehouse
1: for me. I mean, a does-
3: smokehouse. Yes, a lot of people don't know that a smokehouse is where, um, on farms, they cured the meat, and mm. uh, the meat was put in there to because it was cold and dark, and mm. um, that's where the meat was kept. Um, mm. Ours, in particular, was salted down, and mm. these. Salt things, and um, mm-hmm. my mom kept her laundry in there for some reason. I guess I don't know if the washing machine was there. I don't remember, but I remember just throwing the clothes everywhere. And the matter I got, the more damage I did to myself because I just I, I would bite my tongue and do all kinds of crazy things to myself. Right. which didn't help my cause in it, didn't help no. them realize that I was a normal person. Right. But I had to stay in there until I straightened up. Right. Uh, so that was my punishment. Straightened up. But, I you know, that. years later, Joyce, during a lot of therapy and counseling, I realized one day, and this was this was huge for me, is mm-hmm. that um, I had gotten married very young and, and too young. Right. And I had been put in the smokehouse as an adult, symbolically. Mm. Every time I Mm. would act up, every time Mm. I would have an opinion, I had a thought, Mm. I would be put in the symbolically into the smokehouse. Uh, And, of course, it wasn't a real smokehouse anymore. But I was being put, and I was kept in that smokehouse for much of my life until I did go through a lot of, I did get a lot of help. Right. Otherwise I suppose I would still be in the smokehouse.
1: <laughs> still be throwing those tantrums. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm just I'm just kind of thinking about the smokehouse. It, it that was a traumatic way to discipline. Back there it may have been the norm. But even so, you have to think about, you went into darkness, you had the smell of the salt, mm-hmm. you had the uh, laundry. These were kind of like curing places. Mm-hmm. So how long would you stay in there?
3: Well, just until I Learned how to behave, I think. you <laughs> we and, talking and 30 minutes just, or a, a
1: week. Yeah,
3: yeah. It probably wasn't as long as I thought it was. Yeah. But my parents didn't mean anything bad, and today they'd probably be, you know, it would be too bad if they were there today. Uh, yeah. But there was something else that closed me to cu- close down my feelings, and, and this was to totally cement my.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you to hold that, Sue, because I want to break in, and we are going to go to the break. So we're listening to Sue McRae, and she's telling us about how she developed and what steps that happened in her young life that caused her later uh, problems in her later life. So it's always interesting to go back and look at those Have those patterns that were developed in our younger lives and how we play them out in our adult life. So as we, when we come back, Sue will go into her next item that she was about to share with us about develop me, development um, into her adult life. So when we will be back, we will be talking to Sue again, so stay tuned.
0: transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
2: Familia, faith, identity, tradicion. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramatica. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of La Abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture, curls, and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mass. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values to religion to
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: We are talking today with Sue McCrae, and she has written in a fabulous book about becoming visible. And for, for for so many women, that is indeed an issue that we need to work on, becoming visible. We so deserve to be visible. In, Sue shares with us that And 60% of people are dream breakers, and 30% are dreamers, and only 10% are dream makers. So looking at some of those reasons why that is only 10% that people are dream makers, we've gone up through some of those beginning things that happen in our young lives that plant, uh... Beliefs that maybe we're not important, that we're invisible, and that we're not deserving. So we had just touched on one experience that uh, Sue experienced of going into the the what did you call it, Sue? The, the smoke salt out.
2: the smokehouse, smoke
1: of course. <laughs> the smoke and then out. you were sharing another. You were going to share another <laughs> experience that made a yes, big impression. I'm-
3: Another experience, uh, experience happened when I was a, a young teenager, and we had just had just moved to a bigger, bigger city, and school mm-hmm. was starting. And we were catching the school bus one day, and my dad had rented a big old house that housed several families with several sets of children. And we mm-hmm. were waiting for the school bus, and it was a fall day, and coolness was in the air. And I got on the bus, and everybody got on the bus, or so I thought, and went down to the next stop. And mm-hmm. when the bus driver opened the door, children started to get on, and there was a shoe on the door, and someone held up a shoe, and kids and kids, kids laughed.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: I looked at the shoe, and I didn't laugh. It was my sister's shoe. And oh. so I got off the bus and, and ran back up to the house, and me and my siblings, and, and there was my sister laying in the, in the road. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that he had caught her foot and tripped her, and the bus ran over her body. Um, <gasps> no, I didn't know that. Well, um, it took me a while to 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 grasp that. That afternoon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to the backyard, and I found me a stick, and I sat down in the dirt, and I started to dig. And I dug, and I dug, and I put every bit of feelings, every bit of emotions that I could ever have, I made myself a promise. I put those feelings in that deep, dark hole, and I made myself a commitment that I would never, ever have this kind of pain again. That set me up because I didn't for so many years. I lived by that promise. Mm-hmm. Even through my first marriage, I mm-hmm. have to take some re- responsibility because I wasn't emotionally available.
2: Right. And many
3: of other things that happened, that was right. not part of mine. Um, God in His wisdom gave me a daughter. I had a, I had a son that was um, seven years old when my daughter was born, and so I think I was more mature and appreciated uh, that, you know, she was – Right. Ten fingers and ten toes and all of that. But, but my old girl. And, of course, she's an adult today with children of her own. But she dug out of me. She would make me talk about Ann. And up until that point, I'd never talked about Ann. And she would just make me talk about Ann. And I think that was part of my healing process. I know it was part of my healing process. And so from the smokehouse to the deep, dark hole from losing my sister, Uh um, those are the things that that caused me to close down that I wasn't – Worthy that I didn't count that. Mm. Uh, mm. How dare me have a thought or a feeling?
1: Right. Oh, that's that's really yeah. To see your sister uh, die like that is, well, lose her. But uh, yeah. oh, that was very sad. Yeah, yeah. It's we all deal with pain and and you know certainly if you're a small <clears throat> child it's a lot different than you are an adult. So it impacts your life um and those were all contributors to your invisibility as you call yeah. it in your book and the low self-esteem that you grew to develop through your into your adult life so then we're talking about recovery which mm-hmm. I'm sure it just took a week <laughs> or two, to right? It.
3: There is a second win.
1: <laughs> there is a second win and a third and a fourth. Yes, yes. And it's, you know, I think it's sometimes we expect, <clears throat> oh, let's go to the doctor. And we'll fix it. He'll give us a pill and we'll be fixed. But recovery is about ongoing it's, recovery. It's an, in, it's an inside job. Yes. Yes, it Only is. Only you
3: can do that.
1: Yeah. But and it's t- painful.
3: It's much yeah. easier. It would. It was much easier for me to be invisible. I don't like this scariness out here. Yeah. But that's what growth is about.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, I, <laughs> I was uh, listening to some tapes the other day, as we all are, constantly growing and developing our own selves, and. Um, there was a story of a coach that was working with couples. And he said, "I'd like for you to go home. They had just come to this workshop, the couples. And he said, "I'd like for you to go home and and change the toilet paper from one direction to the other." And um so that was their home that, that was their homework to go home and do that. So the next day he asked the couples and he said, "I'd like to sh- see a show of hands of those of you that did turn the toilet paper." And some of the half of the room raised it. Um and then he talked about the emotions. You know, you get how irritating this is and how some people would say this is just a wasted time, you know. But then there were some he says, "Well, who didn't even do it?" And there mm-hmm. were those people raised their hands. So about a quarter of the people raised their hands. And he said, I want you to go outside and leave. Get your money back and leave. He <laughs> said, because if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, then you're not willing to change. And I thought, wow, that is pretty blatant and open for a a coach or a t- speaker to Give to somebody, but it's so truthful, isn't it? It's just kind of laying it out there on the table. Change mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So I wanted you to tell. You have a wonderful story in the book about um, bricklayers, yes. and tell us how you wind that into the book.
3: Well, um, I believe we all have to know where why. Mm-hmm. Why do we do what we do? Yeah. Why is it important that we follow our dreams or, or make a difference or change the toilet paper roll? Yeah. Why yeah. do we do those things? And and so in, in in thinking about purpose, I heard a story along the way that impacted my life. And, and it's a story of two men who were laying brick. Now, as bricklayers, they were very good at what they were doing, and, and they were – you know, putting one brick on top of the other and putting the putty or concrete in between. Uh-huh. I'm not a bricklayer, obviously. And mm-hmm. so here they are side by side laying brick. And a, and a gentleman comes down the street and he asks the first man, he said, Hey, man, what are you doing? And the man said, Can't you tell I'm laying brick? I'm laying brick. This is so boring. I'm just one on top of the other. I'm just laying brick. Yeah. So he walked down a few feet down, and he asked the other gentleman, sir, what are you doing? And he said, man, I'm building a cathedral. It's going to be so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Come back and see the cathedral, because these bricks are making up this cathedral, and it will be so awesome. <laughs> so, you see, we can do the same thing day in and day out. It can have purpose, or it can have no purpose at all. And so right. just, I think sometimes, and especially at the beginning of the year, stop, evaluate, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. are, you, are you cooking a meal Or are Mm -hmm. you feeding your family? Oh, nice. Are you selling a product or are you servicing customers? What are you doing? And make put the joy into that to see the end result, Mm -hmm. as in the cathedral.
1: Yeah, isn't it interesting how we get into the task and not to the end? The task Mm -hmm. takes us where? (laughs) You know, like I'm teaching somebody or I'm helping somebody, but to do this, I'm going to go wash your clothes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We get into the very mundane or the act of, Um, you know, I've, I'm sure you've been doing this as I've been doing this through our work and many business people do this. And this is creating goals for the beginning of the 2015. And a goal is, The end result. It's the cathedral. (laughs) That's where we're going. And And, and
3: if we don't have that to go for, we can get so, it can become so mundane. Mm -hmm. And that's why people want to retire is because they're unhappy with their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, find joy in what, and if you're not, if you can't find joy in it, change. Change the toilet paper, (laughs) the toilet (laughs) paper roll and do something different. If you don't find joy in that. It's a pity to go through your whole life to do something just to get the for a paycheck. Because that's just that's not it.
1: Right. Well we are gonna take a short break and when we come back, Sue and I will be talking more about creating your dream, getting a goal, what is that dream? And how do you get there? So when we come back, we'll be talking more. About dreams and ways to get there.
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Shh,
2: listen. Something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Spark Your Soul Radio with Anne Phyllis. Perspectives with Purpose. Insights with Heart. The Woohoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. Using the heart and purpose based principles of her signature Soul Sense System, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Visit SparkYourSoul.me and listen to Ann every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second World. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: My guest today is Sue McRae, and she is the author of Becoming Visible. I love that title it 's so descriptive. it is so where so many women need to be focusing now before we went to break, Sue, we would talk just a little bit about goals mm-hmm. and the importance of by your that was illustrated by your story of the the man that was laying the brick. And he, one was building just a wall, brick wall. The other one was building a cathedral. In other words, he had a destination, a goal to get to. Mm-hmm. And and so there was, there's so much more energy in the act of laying brick. So my story that I want to share with you is that most of my married life I did not have nor did I even think about creating a goal for me as my in my domestic life. And so when I got into the professional world, I goals are very much a part of professional, but I can remember my husband coming home and talking about the goals, the goals for the business, but I never thought of goals for myself. And several years later, when I was going through my own uh, development or journey or whatever we want to call this, uh, it dawned on me that I'd lived so much of my early years while married with, well, I didn't even have it before, without any of any goals. So it's so important to me, particularly in January. Some people do them in December. I do mine in January. I create the goals for eight different environments in my life. So it is. I know this is probably a practice of yours as well, correct?
3: It absolutely is.
1: Uh, I know from... Probably your your business, but do you continue doing that also in your personal life?
3: Well, yes, because I'm um, I have to have what's next. Yes, I think that's what mm-hmm. keeps us going. Hmm. Yes. So you mentioned you have four items. For well, I do. I do. Uh, but before I go through that, I just would say that, you know, a goal without a deadline is, is just a wish. Uh-huh. So if you don't have a date on it, you're just wishing for something, and wishing won't work. You know, only work will work. Wishing won't. And yeah. so a goal without a deadline is a wish. But, yeah. you know, I have found that I have to have sometimes my date or my deadline in saying but my dream or my goal is in concrete. So I want to achieve this mm-hmm. and that my date to finish is by the end of this year. Well, right. that might not happen. I keep my dream. I keep my goal. I just move the date. And that's okay. You know, right. things happen to us. Sometimes we just have to go through the things that we go uh, have to deal with, and right. so sometimes it just doesn't happen, and sometimes we defeat, feel defeated if we don't do it on the date that we set, but sometimes yeah. we just have to move the date a little mm-hmm. bit, but I've written down four things just off the top of my head this morning, thinking about it. I think uh, small successes is really important. Um, I think <laughs> I have written down uh, the uh, initials BHAG, BHAG. Oh it's yeah. A big, hairy, <laughs> audacious goal. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. But we need to celebrate small successes.
1: Mm-hmm. Work
3: hard through the week and treat your spouse to a special event on Friday night if you've reached your your small goal. Do something that you can celebrate small things. Because you know big successes is only small successes piled on top of each other.
2: Oh, like uh, number, two,
3: <laughs> number two Number is, two is learn to trust your instincts. I think uh-huh. as women particularly we have a hard time trusting our instincts because mm-hmm. sometimes we're not trained to do that. So trust your own instincts. What does your heart tell you is the right thing? Do what your heart tells you to do. Number three is I live by affirmations. Uh, having had low self-esteem and no confidence and all of that, it was very important for me to to learn how to to do affirmations, uh write them, read them, record them, whatever, and they have to be done as as in the present. It's not I'm going to, but mm-hmm. it is I am. Mm-hmm. I am an author, I am a speaker. I am a Tell uh, a radio personality I am these things mm. rather than I'm going to. And then the last one is being a good. A, a good student learn from everybody learn what you don't want to do i think it's as important <laughs> to learn what you don't want to do as That's it is for what you want to do because you so think true. mistakes made and uh-huh. and you say well you know i'm not going to do it that way i'm going to i'm going to put my twist other twist on it and i'm going to do it this way uh, read books all the time tapes, cds mm-hmm. of lectures speakers <laughs> radio, right. do the things that you can grow from. Ask mm-hmm. yourself, is this making me a better person at the end of the day?
2: Right. So those
3: are my things, that I, four things that I think just is the beginning of the new year to set down things to, to strive for for the new year.
1: Oh, those are all awesome. But for my get, for my listeners, tell them what an affirmation is, because if they're new to this business, they may not know what an affirmation is. Yes, yes.
3: An affirmation is what you say to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a gentleman by the name of Shad Helmsbetter wrote a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Uh-huh. I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's still in print. I read it many years <laughs> ago, but you don't even have to read the book to know what it's about. What to say right. when you talk to yourself? So between right. now and and the next hour, you would have told yourself you can't do this, and you're not going to do that, and you're uh, putting yourself down. So you have, right. we have to change our way of thinking. In fact, all of my most all of my success is just. Because I flipped my thinking, I changed my way of thinking. So, but for me to get it in a concrete form, I would write out. Um, I, for instance, you want to, you want to lose twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I look so sharp in my dress that uh, three sizes less than whatever size that is, and right. um, I'm loving my new hairdo, and and. Mm-hmm. I'm, I tr- attract people. People are attracted. People swarm to me for business. I have more business than I can handle. Mm-hmm. All the things that you want, say it as if it already is.
1: Right. So it's it's really changing those negative thoughts mm-hmm. that you might mm-hmm. have into mm-hmm. positive thoughts.
3: And let's face it, we all have those nasty thoughts. Oh, yeah. I'm not as good <laughs> as you. I'm too big, too little, too young, too old, too this Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. you know what, Joyce? When uh-huh. we compare ourselves, we're always going to come up on the short end of the stick because I'm going to judge my poorest qualities to your best qualities.
1: Now, why do we, and, we do that? And I'm never going to win. <laughs> never.
3: I'm going to pick out the things that I'm not good at at all and say, uh-huh. you know, I just wish I could sing like Joyce. Uh-huh. You know, well, right. maybe I can't sing, but maybe I can do something else. And right. so we we have to watch comparing ourselves.
1: Right. Yeah. I so agree. I'm I'm right on. Now, what was number four that you spoke uh, about? Being a good student.
3: Oh, learning, yes. Learning, growing. You know, we're only as good as the new ideas that we get. And if right. we don't get new ideas into ourselves, we are not going to grow. You know, if we're so set in our ways that we can't change the toilet paper around. Right, right. You know, whatever that is, being a good student.
1: Yeah. It's so, today, with the use of the computers, we, you know, we have the whole world at our fingertips. And so it's so easy to go if you live in a small community where you don't have a college or you don't have activities. Uh, But many of churches bring in positive speakers, mm-hmm. college campuses bring in positive speakers. Many of those are accessible, but if you cannot find them in your community, you can always go to the Internet and just yeah. simply type Google, and you will get a long list. Of
3: <laughs> and and on every good side is a bad side. We have to be careful that we are not spending our days, you know, not <laughs> – right. If our job is to see the people, if we don't get out and see the people, then nothing's going to happen. But on on that whole thing is, I often call it sharpening my saw. You know, yes. if I'm cutting down a tree and my saw, you know, uh-huh. like the smokehouse, do you know what a saw is? Yeah. Well, if you don't sharpen your saw, you're not going to be able to to do the work that you would do if you had a sharp saw. Right. So in in yeah. doing those things, you sharpen your saw. You become your brain is. Functioning yeah. A whole lot at a higher octane than if you don't.
1: Yes. Now, Sue, where did you grow up? In, I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I live in, in Nashville. Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, oh, I'm a Tennessee girl. Tennessee mm-hmm. girl. Well, mm-hmm. that's the reason we understand each other. So, you know, I was in <laughs> Arkansas when I grew up. Born in Texas, raised in Arkansas. Well, so see, we speak we the same language. <laughs> <laughs> who would know
3: what a smokehouse is or what a saw is, for heaven's sake? But that's who I
1: am. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things that um, you, in your journey, overcame was a uh, term that we hear many times when we visit a therapist, and that is codependency. So when we come back, I want to talk just a little bit, but we are going to talk. I want to share with my listeners how they can get your book, how they can, because Everybody wants to read this book. It can relate so well to them. They need to read these pages. There's lots of good information in it for men, all women to read. I, I'm always surprised at how many wonderful things I get from reading books. There, You may not walk away with a bunch, but you'll walk away with something with almost every book you read. Mm-hmm. And yours is filled with wonderful quotes, wonderful information, and growing steps. So we'll be back to listen to Sue McCray,
0: Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
2: You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen.
0: Welcome back to this segment of Second Way. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are talking with Sue McCrae, author, speaker, trainer and a fascinating woman who has gone through has been has been generous enough to share her journey with us today one of the one of the issues that she or conditions or I don't know what you call that, Sue. But anyway, one of the conditions that you went through and dealt with was codependency. <clears throat> and you have on one of your chapters, no longer codependent. <laughs> uh, tell us what that is and how that was so evident in your life.
3: Well, codependency is is, is kind of a silent uh, problem. It, it's a disease, actually. It's a sickness. And once I realized that I was sick, then I... Started making some strides to get over it, to get right. well. But for me, it was not being able to basically trust myself have have a voice.
2: Uh-huh. I,
3: I was uh, truly invisible. I call it my book uh, 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 becoming uh, becoming visible. But I really I didn't see myself because I didn't have enough value to see myself. But I. Right. Again, it was part of my conditioning. I married very young, and, and there were a lot of, of red flags. I was in a 30-year yeah. um, domestic violence marriage. It wasn't all bad. You know, I always have to clarify that, but the last yeah. several years was. And so part of that was uh, was having a tight rope on me that i couldn't do certain things there's a lot of signs there's a lot of things that that people that are codependent um that it's like they have no no self no worth no voice and so i couldn't even if i were to get the chance to suggest a place that we would go to eat, mm-hmm. uh, all I had to do was say it, and then for sure we were not going to go because oh. I didn't have, I couldn't do that, mm-hmm. and so, um, so your my whole life was consumed with how can I fix him? How can I fix him? Mm-hmm. Um. It was like walking on eggshells, and so I, I learned very quickly how to be two people. I learned how to be a businesswoman, but at home I wasn't. At home uh-huh. I walked on eggshells, and so uh-huh. I, I, I didn't dare voice myself. I didn't dare be my real authentic self. Uh-huh. So codependency is just not living in an authentic state. It's living through someone else. And what you think, your feelings, your concepts, your everything is a lot more important than mine. And so mm-hmm. I will give up everything that I am
2: mm-hmm. for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
3: it's it's good to be, you know, thoughtful and, and um, encouraging and all those things for other people.
1: Mm-hmm. But
3: when you lose yourself right. and you become so dependent on somebody else that you don't have a life, that's real bondage, and I was yeah. in bondage.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, did you? Bec- well, you started. You said you married really early. So, mm-hmm. does did you? Were you codependent before you were married, or did you, as you were married in this relationship, you became more codependent?
3: It manifests itself later. Okay. All right. But I married so young that um I graduated from high school on a Tuesday got married on Saturday.
1: Oh, you were a baby. And,
3: and again, there were so many red flags that that if I had known what to look for, then I would have realized this is not this is not healthy, but I didn't right. know those things. And right. so um that's that's what happened.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, so, so it I wasn't yep. before I married. So <laughs> I had a lot of growing to do.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the Codependent No More by Melody Betty. And did you read that book and then decide, well, or, or did you go to therapy and decide?
3: Well, no, the day that someone gave me that book because she uh-huh. saw the signs in me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we think of codependency sometimes when we live with alcoholics and drug addicts and all of those things, but my case was not that. Mine was okay. mine was a rageaholic, but um, no, someone gave me that book by Melanie Beatty, Codependency uh-huh. No More, and it changed my life because uh-huh. I realized that there was that I was not the only one living like this, that I was not the only one that was trapped in right. not being able to make a decision. I couldn't I couldn't have a thought or a feeling. Well, then how right. could I? Because I've been trained. So I right. guess I was conditioned all along for that.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah.
3: that book really made a difference for me.
1: Well, for the listeners out there that may be going through something very similar, that is a... That is a lifeline. That is a tool that they could go out and get and read mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and start under- understanding the disease that they may be living with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have shared so much in your book. You have been so open. And I know through your your speaking engagements, you are just as open And mm-hmm. uh, because you've done it for us today. So, you know, it's it's such a gift when somebody can do that for their listeners. I really want you to be able to, I want the listeners to be able to get your book. So could you tell us about how they can get your book?
3: Well, you can get it from my website. It's com, and it's spelled S-U-E-Z, as in zebra, or mm-hmm. Zelma, or something. <laughs> Sue Z, the letter Z, com. So it's on my website. Uh, it's also on Amazon, and it can be bought through bookstores anywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I will but- be able to personally sign it if you do order it from the website.
1: Yeah, and then you mentioned some other thing that you're very generous to do for people that want to study it as a group.
3: Yes, um, it's, it's 14 online, and if you do want to do, um, actually, if you order two books, the the shipping is free. But people who want several copies, uh, for 10 you can get it for $10 each.
1: Oh, that's great. And there's no shipping on
3: that either. So
1: right. uh, there's
3: a lot of groups that, that study and do book clubs and that kind of thing. And so I'm, I do that. So yeah. 10 is ten is for $10 each.
1: Oh, that's great. Uh, So if you're thinking, listeners out there, if you're thinking of getting Sue's book, Go to her website, read about her, see how lovely she is. She has a beautiful picture on her website of of herself. And and see how she has developed her business and how she has excelled and grown in her life. She's a beautiful example of a woman that has gone through transitions. And look how much she accomplished to be a director. A national sales director is no easy feat. Uh, it shows a lot of get up and go in herself. So, I mean, that's just awesome. Now she continues to uh, change people's lives through speaking and writing. So, Sue, what else would you be doing or do you plan to be doing in the next few years?
3: Well, I guess what I'm focused on is, is speaking and sharing from my heart. I speak with business groups all over. I travel all over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Church conferences, I do those also for civic groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So anywhere there's a gathering of particularly women, and and I have a real heart for young women because I see a lot of pain a lot of times in young women trying to find themselves and trying to Mm -hmm. have some hope. I would just like to say there is hope, and it doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. But through growth and, and reaching out to get a helping hand and, and getting encouragement from other people. Um, but I, I really, really enjoy working through, through these different groups.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
3: what I'm doing today.
1: I like it when women get together to support through a group, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's through church study groups or just a group of friends that get together in a reading, um, maybe as a reading group. I see that, that we do that particularly with Women that are in the same situation, like raising small children, but sometimes we get away from that as we get older, and tend to only do what our spouse may like to do. And I think it's really important. I mean, uh, that we study and and work and play with our girlfriends. How do you and, feel and about this? we need this? that
3: encouragement. And, you know, I have a friend who says we're all in a crisis sometime. You've either been in one, you are in one, or you're going to be in one. And so when those times come, if you've got a support system, then you've got somebody to to encourage you. And and I think it's our responsibility to lift up other people. You mm-hmm. know, get out of ourselves and, and reach out and, and encourage other people. And just give them a smile and say, you know what? You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. There is a better day coming.
1: hmm It's a great way to, to uh, uh, show our gratitude is to help somebody else. I always feel yes. so much yes. better when I see, if I give a compliment or encouragement to somebody and see their face light up, I, isn't that the best feeling?
3: Oh, it, it's the paycheck of the heart. <laughs> it's the best.
1: It really is. Yeah. So... It you live in Tennessee I and uh, um, I so do you speak only in Tennessee or do you go? Oh,
3: no, uh, this weekend I'm going to, to I'll be in Arkansas, I'll be in Arkansas this weekend.
1: You're in, <gasps> where Arkansas? in Arkansas,
3: Harrison, I believe it is.
1: Harrison, oh, I well, I, I, I'm right not is. there, I've never been there, but uh, you're certainly back in my it's stomping Harrison. grounds. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So going
3: there this weekend, um, just have a lot of, of. So I just go all over. Uh
1: huh. Um, yeah. And do you yeah. uh, you do this out of do you do you pay or do you do this just out of your heart or how do you?
3: Well, it depends on where I go. Obviously, if if you know, and if it's the a distance, the, yeah. the travel is 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 taken care of, and and yeah. the room and all of that, uh, I make my book available, and that's that's kind of what I do.
1: Yeah. Well, Sue, we are coming to the end of our hour, and as I have been delighted by the information that you've shared with my listeners, it's such strong encouragement for any woman that is going through transition to, first off, get your book and read it, and Mm -hmm. also to know that they're never alone. There are other people out there that can support them and want to help them through their transition. Second Wind is definitely one of those sources. So share the word. Share the word of this book. Share the word of this radio show so that you can help friends that are going through transition. Until we talk next week, I encourage you to have a great week and make those goals.